Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the How to Sleep podcast. When people develop a sleep issue, one really common reaction is to start sleeping more on the weekends. And in this episode, you'll learn the pros and cons of this strategy and get your takeaway action for this week. Welcome to the How to Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Blakeman, qualified adult sleep coach, a previous sufferer of insomnia and mum of three. I believe that sleep is fundamental to your enjoyment of the life you've worked so hard to create and I support adults like you who are struggling to sleep to get back to sleep and back to living your life in full colour and with maximum energy. This podcast is for you if you are taking ages to get to sleep or waking in the night and can't get back to sleep or both. Keep listening to find out how sleep works, the essential elements you need to get the sleep you deserve and actionable steps that you can take. I remember when I first started to have trouble sleeping, I was so tired. Like, long before I adapted, sort of, to the sensation of tiredness, and I started to develop strategies for getting through the day whilst I was feeling exhausted. Um, Before all of that, like, all I could think of was how I needed more sleep. And I found that at the same time that I was finding it harder and harder to get back to sleep in the night when I woke up, mainly because of all the thoughts going around my head, it seemed to get simultaneously easier to sleep in the daytime as I became like more exhausted in the day. And one way in which I used to take advantage of this was lying in on a weekend. And I know from working with many people now as a sleep coach that this is a really common strategy adopted by loads of you. Now, the reason we tend to do this is fairly obvious. When you don't sleep as much as you need to in the nighttime, It's normally not possible to do much about this by the time that morning rolls around because on weekdays at least, you have to just get up. You have to get to go to work, get the kids to school or whatever other responsibilities you've got going on. But of course, at the same time, you know that you need more sleep and you probably have the feeling, which normally trips in the second the alarm goes off, ironically, that you probably would be able to get a bit more sleep if you had the opportunity and you didn't have to get up. So when the weekend comes along, it's so tempting. In fact, at this point, you almost feel like it's a craving to lie in and allow your body to catch up on some sleep by sleeping longer on a morning weekend, on the on the weekend morning, sorry. And I have to say at this point that you may also be napping, but that's a separate thing. So just for today, I just want to focus on talking about lying in on a weekend. So you're so tired by the time you've had several bad nights and early mornings kind of stacked up together during the week that you feel the need to try and win some of that sleep time back on a Saturday or Sunday morning. As well as feeling the physical need to lie in, it's important to recognise that there is a cultural pull here. A lot of what we do consciously or otherwise is based on our cultural norms, of course. And lying in on a weekend is a fairly common cultural norm, whether or not you have a sleep issue. At least it is in the West. I'm not speaking for all parts of the world here. So we start to build an association with lying in and other things other than sleep. So an association with lying in and relaxation and reward more generally. It's our treat, in other words. It's it's our me time. It's our special thing to do. It's a break from the demands of our employer or our customers who normally lead our time and our day in the week. And perhaps you've attributed all the meaning or association to this kind of simple act of having a bit more sleep on a weekend morning. Perhaps you consider it's the only time you get to relax or, like I said, it's your gift to yourself after the hard work of getting through the week tired. 
So I want to talk to you about the pros and cons of this strategy, just so that you can be really fully informed. On the plus on the plus side, of course, it allows you some more sleep. So in terms of helping you to get more rest, this strategy does have some validity. And at least in terms of getting a good sleep in response to Friday or Saturday or whatever day was the one immediately before you had to lie in. So for example, if in the week you're only getting, say, five hours a night and then on a Saturday morning you lie in and you get seven hours sleep in total that night, then certainly you will have had a better recovery from Friday than you did from the other days of the week. But there's a lot of scientific study now around the principle that you can't actually catch up sleep from previous nights which you've missed um, before the night before, if that makes sense. Sleep, for the most part, there are some exceptions to this which I've come across, but for the most part, sleep is only really effective at restoration and repair from the day previously. Let me give you some sort of specific examples. So take memory, for example. Sleep scientists believe that memory is stored each day in a short-term memory bank. And then when we go to sleep, our brain waves change and allow those memories to be moved to the parts of the brain that deal with longer-term memory storage. So if we don't get enough sleep on any given night, scientists theorise that some of the short-term memories may in effect be overwritten the next day by new memories if our sleep cycle didn't complete the exercise of moving them. And I have to say, I'm, I'm oversimplifying the science into this lay description, but hopefully you get the idea. Another example is when we sleep, we clear out the waste products from our brain. So scientists are pretty sure this what is this what's happening. And so, of course, if we don't get enough, not all of it's cleared out. So even if we have one or two nights of good sleep on a weekend, scientists don't think that's enough to clear all the backlog that could have accumulated the previous nights of not enough sleep. Okay, so I I don't want to go into too much negative detail because obviously that's not going to make you feel better if you're not sleeping. But I think it's really important to point this out to you because even if you have a sleep issue and you know that you need more sleep, you may not necessarily understand that this distinction that the goal of sleep is ultimately about maximizing the sleep that you get each night versus viewing the sleep as one thing in like a homogenous lump that you can take advantage of overall and you can take an average of over the week and then say that's how much sleep I get. Unfortunately scientists don't believe we're built that way so and as I say at the same time as having a sleep issue, I know that I was guilty of this. I really fell into this trap. So I really want to share with you and be candid with you around this because I think it's really important to be kind of frank with ourselves around we're kind of almost thinking it's acceptable to kind of look at it across the week as a whole, whereas really the goal would just be to just try and increase getting that little bit more sleep each night individually. So having a lie-in on a weekend may support effective sleep for those days immediately before the lie-in, but it doesn't necessarily do much for the sleep debt we've accrued earlier in the week. Now, the second thing I want to point out, which is even more important, is the potential impact on our sleep for the rest of the following week. So the timing of everyday processes in our body is linked to our internal body clock, and I'm sure you've heard this before, and this includes sleep, and in particular when we produce the hormones for us feeling awake and sleepy. So regular consistent sleep patterns are dependent on having a body clock which is regular, stabilised and consistent. 
Now, scientists have shown that our body clock is pretty accurate, but it can't keep perfectly to time all on its own. So every day, our brain is looking for cues to check against to ascertain whether the body clock's running to the right time or not. And if it thinks it's not, then it adjusts accordingly. And obviously, when I say time, I don't mean numerical time that humans have invented. I mean, more broadly, the body is looking for, the brain is looking for, is it day, is it night, is it time to get up, is it time to go to sleep? I mean time in that sense. And also, what's really important to understand is it can't instantaneously adjust, though, if it detects that it's really far off. And you'll know this if you've ever experienced changing time zones quickly, like when you go on holiday, for example. It can't really adapt to a really significant change. So the takeaway point I want to get across is your brain is looking for cues which confirm that its clock is keeping to the right time and that ideally it doesn't want to have to make significant adjustments because it can't really do this easily. So instead the ideal is that it makes little or no adjustments each day and then it just reinforces the pattern of the body clock that was there the day before. That's the kind of brain's ideal. That way your body clock becomes strong for for want of a better way of putting it and in turn this supports the regular and consistent pattern of releasing the right hormones at the right time to support you in regular consistent sleep. A good analogy here is perhaps to think of it in terms of like shop opening times, that's how I like to think of it. So if a shop kept opening at different times each day, even if it was just a couple of hours different, it will be really hard to coordinate all the stuff that's needed to open that shop. So it'd be hard to coordinate deliveries um, and staff starting work time and letting customers know when to turn up and when to stock the shelves and all of that. Um, And there's energy wasted in that confusion, which would result from all that swapping and changing. So that when we keep switching around our time and our our getting up time, we, we get this kind of impact so when we switch around the time we get up every few days that we tend to do when we get up early for work and then we switch the time to laying on a weekend we risk messing about with our body clock which in turn because this impacts our sleep hormones we then risk messing about with our sleep pattern and so this therefore can have a knock-on effect to how we sleep the following week and if we change it every week all the time you can see how over time just this one small thing can have a potentially big impact. So your takeaway action for this week, if you lie in on a weekend, I really want you to consider what positive impacts does it have in your sleep in the short term versus what negative impact could it be having on your sleep in the long term? So can you change your weekly routine to one that's more consistent wake times? And if you feel like you can't, kind of give up your lying on the weekend consider then to what extent does it truly offer you more sleep and feeling refreshed or is is there actually a social or cultural reason behind why you're having your lie-in that makes it harder to give it up is there some other ritual or reward that you could replace it with if that was the case and can you instead think about the benefit of having consistent great sleep every night because that is presumably your ultimate goal and waking up more refreshed every day as a result, as an incentive to motivate you to adopt a more consistent daily wake time. 
Now, if you do decide to adjust your wake times and you're feeling tired in the day as a result, please do remember the benefit of conserving energy, especially mental energy. I do have a previous episode where I talk about how to cope with being tired. And that's what it's called, how to cope with being tired. So you might want to go back and listen to that one. All right, have a great week and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope you found some value in today's episode. If you did, and you know others who would benefit from hearing this information as well, then please share with them. And if you would be so kind as to leave a positive review of the podcast, this will support me in my mission to spread the message of sleep as wide as possible. Thank you so much. If you can't wait until the next episode and you want more guidance right now, then head on over to my website and get access to my free sleep resources. Link in the show notes. Or follow me on Instagram at Nikki.Blakeman. Wishing you a peaceful night's sleep.